Amsterdam is a small cosmopolitan city with just under 900,000 residents. The city attracts millions of tourists each year, 22 million in 2019, in fact, a ratio that dwarfs the local population and has caused increasing tensions between residents, city officials, and tourists. Most visitors arrive via train at Amsterdam Centraal Station, and you don't have to wander far from the station to encounter Amsterdam's characteristic sights and scents, sugar-dusted pancakes, earthy marijuana, and urine. But Amsterdam is not just about recreational substances and sidewalk residues from the night before. Uh, we are looking for the museum and to know the city and uh, just walk away around the canals. Oh yeah, Anne Frank's house probably, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Anne Frank's house. Visiting museums and just walking on the city, watching the channels and the people around. This is good. To take a boat, to visit the canals, to go in the park near the Reich Museum and to visit the Anne Frank house. Uh, the museums. Uh, also, people here are super kind. I love it. Uh, uh, Netherlands culture. Museums. That's what tourists will tell you they come to Amsterdam for. The city is also a pretty sweet piece of eye candy with plenty of opportunities for insta-ready canal bridge and bicycle porn. My favorite thing here is to be able to ride with the bike. The relaxed Dutch lifestyle and culture is also attractive to tourists. Uh, another thing that I think it's really precious, uh, respect each other. So don't mind what clothes are you wearing or no one cares. This is super nice. More than half of Amsterdam's residents have what the Dutch Bureau of Statistics defines as a migrant background. They were born outside of the country, or they're the child of someone born outside of the country. Growth in the city's population has come mainly from migrants from outside the country and has steadily risen each year since 2012. I'm one of those people, a migrant as are many people that I've come to know in Amsterdam since arriving in 2007. I also happen to work in the travel industry. I consider myself acutely aware of the city's allure to outsiders, its struggle to preserve its unique beauty and identity, while also striving to be open to the world. I believe that the city's migrants, expats, cosmopolitans, whatever you'd like to call them, actually have a pretty special view on the Amsterdam tension between locals and tourists an outsider within view that not many people understand or hear about. This isn't about me, is it? Um, no, but it's, it's I relate to it. <laughs> so, um, is it about me though, this thing? Not really. Sean has a purple bike with a hand basket secured to it. The basket was confiscated from the Dutch supermarket chain, Albert Heijn, and it's perfect for his dog, Cookie, to sit in. Plus, nobody wants to steal a purple bike in Amsterdam. Um, well, my name is Sir Sean Condon, and I was a writer. I used to write books. I am no longer a writer. I'm, I work in advertising now. And the most boring thing about me is whew, where to begin. Um, <laughs> Sean came to the Netherlands from Melbourne, Australia, with his wife for work. He's relocated to Amsterdam twice, most recently for about eight years. His first stint living in the dam was back in the 1990s, 
The first of those years you can actually read about in a book he authored called My Damn Life. Sean's biggest claim to fame is that a literary publication once called him quite funny. I ask him to indicate his age with a television program. After he admits to his younger self's fascination with Hawkeye and Trapper John of M.A.S.H., it's actually something entirely different that Sean feels indicates his age. Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Um, I, this is an amazing show. Uh, it's basically a spy drama starring only chimps. I have never met Sean, but we've known each other for years. We have mutual contacts in Amsterdam, and I read his book before moving to the Netherlands from the US. He seems to have prepared because there are several funny jokes about my home state of New Hampshire. But despite living in the same city, we couldn't manage to meet each other in person for this interview. Even so, we seem to connect fairly well based on our experiences as longtime Amsterdam expat locals. It's an interesting point that you raise about the kind of that that community where we, I mean, it's a smallish city, right? It's about, about a million people. Um, but it is funny, the, the sort of connections between us. We've, we've never met, but yes, we have, I'd say, probably more than just Margaret in common. Margaret is someone I used to work with and really someone I should contact because she's a nice lady. I remember when I first lived here, I was really struck by how friendly and welcoming and the, the sense of humour I really responded to the Dutch kind of dryness. Um, there was a wryness that I, that I really, really liked. Um, but I, I wonder maybe... Maybe if that's changed, certainly I know I have changed or I've maybe hung out with a particular group of people, but I kind of felt the opposite to what we were just talking about, that they were, you know, really open and friendly and happy to have you here and, you know, boy, it's great. I mean, and I wondered if I was, if I was wrong about that or that the 20 years that have passed since then um, have kind of changed both my perception of them and, you know, Dutch culture more more broadly, but and I think it's a bit of both, and perhaps a bit more of the second part because twenty years ago, I'm not saying I'm a trailblazer, but there were far fewer um, um, expats and immigrants, and I think that that maybe the Dutch have kind of got a little bit tired of it, a bit sick of it. I feel the same actually, but I've also felt that this outsider status has started to become loneliness, perhaps thanks to the unusual conditions that most people have lived under during the COVID nineteen pandemic. I enjoy living in Amsterdam very much so, just as Sean and so many other people here do, but I can't help but wonder if other people have become lonely in a city that attracts so many transient people. People that occupy public space doing nothing, except of course choosing the right filter for their Insta Canal Bridge shot. So I ask Sean if he finds it lonely here as an expat. No, no, it's not. Um, I'm at a a stage of life where I don't really want to hang around people much. <laughs> I like to. No, I mean, you know, I'm not any kind of, I'm not antisocial or, uh, you know, I, I have many friends and I, you know, enjoy their company. It's in fact quite the opposite really. But no, I, I don't, I don't have that at all. I'm, I'm quite content. Uh, I don't expect much from life anymore. I used to, but, uh, but, uh, but I've given up, um, not hope exactly, but uh, expectation. Okay, well, maybe I just have to lower my expectations and then I won't be lonely. Or maybe I should just binge on all those episodes of Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp. Sean seems to be onto something with that one. 
He's been right before, if what I've read in his book is any indication. I mean, he did have it all right about Dutch toilet culture, including the toilet lady of yesteryear. The Dutch and the relationship to toilets in general is pretty um, strange. After using the, the, the toilet and coming out, you could take from her, next to her, a, a sweet. And it, there's basically a giant bowl of candy, snoop, as they would call it, with all these toilet hands that have just been through it. It's one of the most disgusting ideas you could conceive of. Like, just. At least it's not nuts, though, right? Yeah, well, in some ways it's worse. It's like sticky and it's sweet and it's, you know, right. it's just inconceivable. Um, anyway, that's that, again, is, is, is kind of gone, but it's just another strange Dutch toilet thing to, to add to the, uh, to, to the list. Uh, yeah, well, I think there's no problem with Dutch people handling like a piece of cheese as well. It, it's say if you work in an office where they provide lunch, there's a big chunk of cheese and it will just pass around the table with bare hands. Mm-hmm. Perfectly normal. Yeah, that, that, that's gross. But I mean, then just take that piece of cheese and put it in the bathroom and have everyone, you know, slice off a piece. Like, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the gross factor is ex- exponentially worse when you, when you put it there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's another. I mean, the Dutch communal lunch thing, too. I can't stand that can't stand it why would you do that why would you force people to have co-workers to get together and have awkward conversations every single day as make yourself a hagelslag sandwich i asked sean what he believes to have been true or false about life in the netherlands he explained several characteristics and dynamics of dutch culture all of which i agree with these are things having to do with money racial injustice in society and communication style, all of which are not necessarily positive, and they're pretty subtle things that most likely go undetected by tourists. I then asked Sean what he thinks tourists should do when visiting Amsterdam. I I know what I don't want them to do, which is go to the Beatrix Park, which is the most beautiful park in Amsterdam, Um, and I want it kept a secret. I don't want people going there. Go to the Vondel Park. Oops, sorry, Sean. Well, I guess it's just 40 people listening to this, so it won't spoil your fun in the park. Cool. The biggest audience I've had in a while. And so I wonder, given that Sean works in advertising, what kind of campaign would he design for the city if approached by the Amsterdam Tourism Board? Have a a pleasant time, but please leave the place uh, as you found it. Don't vomit. Please leave. That was literally what I was going to say first. Please leave. Um, That would be pretty funny. I admit that would be kind of funny and kind of nice not to worry about stepping in puke while walking around this beautiful city. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, I feel lucky to live here. I really do. It's beautiful. It's safe, relatively safe, especially compared to Melbourne, which is huge, ugly and dangerous. Um, And it's that proximity to the rest of the world, Um, you know, six hours from New Hampshire. True. So true, Sean. And so, with some expat commiserating and a good chunk of Dutch toilet talk, I feel a sense of relief and realize we all see, experience, and want some of the same things. It's just that we have different words for it or have spent more or less time adjusting to them as locals, tourists, or expats. And then I freak out wondering how I'm ever going to boil this all down to a two-minute podcast. Well, I I hope I can supply at least two minutes of, uh, of podcast gold. Um, I also have a pretty horrible voice. 
So that's going to be that's going to be hard for uh, the next however long, isn't it? It's a bit nasally, a bit Australian. <laughs>